streaming. Welcome everyone to this uh, penultimate part of our Manashiksha lectures. Today we have reached verse 10. Mandeham Sri Guru Sri Yuta Padakamalam Sri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Sri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunathan Vitam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Javadhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakhan Vitamscha Oma Gyanati Mirandasya Gyanam Gyanashalakaya Chakshurun militam yena tasmai sri guravena maha. Namo mahavadanyaya krishna prema pradayate. Krishnaya krishna chaitanya namane gaurutishena maha. He krishna karuna sindho dina bandho jagatpati. Gopisha gopika kantaradha kanta namastuti. Tapta kanchana gaurangi radhe vrindavanishwari. Rishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Haripriye Tavaivasmi Tavaivasmi Najivami Tvayavina Itivikyaya Devi Tvam Nayamam Charanantikam Deshti Krishna Chaitana Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhara Shiva Sri Shigaura Bhaktavrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Hare Rama Ivakkevalam Kalau Nastiva 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 Gatiranyata So welcome everyone back to the Manashiksha series. Welcome Gurunista, Gurunarayana, Chandana. Nice to see, see you or at least see your names again. We have reached now the 10th verse of the Manashiksha. We're almost at the end. There's only two more verses to go. So uh, let us again, as, as before, uh, recite the, the verse together. I'll share the screen with you and then hopefully I will find it here. Ratim Gauri Lile Apitapati Saundariya Kiranai 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 Shachi Lakshmi Satya Paribhavati Saubhagyavalanai 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 Vashikara is Chandra Vali Mukhanavina Vrajasati Vashikara is Chandra Vali Mukhanavina Vrajasati Vashikara is Chandra Vali Mukhanavina Vrajasati 
ಕ್ಷಿಪತ್ಯಾರಾಧ್ಯಾಮ In the last verse, Srila Raghunath Das Goswami presented to us a beautiful smarana or a beautiful meditation on Sri Vrindavan, on Radha, on Krishna, on Lalita and Vishakha. And in this verse, he continues on from there. In the previous verse, the previous verse ended with smaramana. Oh my mind, remember. Remember. Engage in remembrance, smarana, meditation. In this verse, he doesn't end with smaramana, but bhajamana. Bhaja, from the verb bhaj, uh, means to partake to give and to worship. Uh, but worship not in an abstract, uh, distant or uh, intellectual way, like, like worship is often understood in the, in the uh, perhaps Protestant uh, North European sense. Uh, but bhaja in an embodied way, worship, worship using your whole being, not only your mind, not only your intellect, but your whole self, with all of its aspects, bhaja, worship. Uh, the noun bhajana, uh, we often understand as meaning a particular kind of songs of worship, but in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, bhajana really refers to to worship uh, in a more broad way, but also in a sense in a more narrow way, because bhajana is usually reserved for a very high kind of worship. When we worship on the altar, for example, we call that archana. And archana, well, that itself also is not exactly for the beginner, Uh, it's still an external kind of worship. You can ring the bell and, and wave the incense in front of the Lord and think of something completely different. I did that this morning, for example. For a moment, I was even singing the Arati song. I was doing the Arati and my mind was somewhere completely else until I kind of caught myself. Oh, okay, yeah, so then I paid a little bit more attention. But when you're engaging in bhajana, That's not what you're doing. Then your heart is in what you're doing. So uh, if we wanted to translate the word bhaja, bhajana, in a kind of free way, it would be something like heart felt, pure, uh, participatory worship. Because the kind of bhaja, bhajana, that Raghunath Das here is interested in when he's 
asking us to worship here. Uh, it's the kind of worship where you yourself are part of the divine uh, drama that you're worshiping. So you're not worshiping as an outsider. You're worshiping as one within the drama itself. So we can understand that this is a, <laughs> a very high topic and it's certainly far beyond my uh, eligibility, really. But I'm going to speak as far as I've understood uh, from the commentary of Shla Bhaktivinoda Thakur and others as well. So who is it that we are to worship? Well, this will not come as, as a surprise for any of us who, who know a little bit about Raghunath Das Goswami. Raghunath Das, of course, is a, a great devotee in the Hari Bhakti Vilasa, the book that I'm, I'm working with. Uh, he's called the Paramabhagavata by Sanatan Goswami. Sanatan Goswami is his senior. Sanatan Goswami is the most senior of the so-called six Goswamis of Vrindavan. But he saw Raghunath Das as a Paramabhagavata, as the highest type of, of, of devotee. So he's a great devotee of Krishna, but he's even a greater devotee of Radha. He loves Krishna because Krishna is Radha's beloved. His love is Radha's Nehadika. He's more, more connect, concerned with Radha than with Krishna. We've heard about this divine couple all the time, and it really is a couple. It's not that we're worshipping Krishna separately from Radha or Radha separately from Krishna. But nevertheless, his love is more for Radha than Krishna, even when they are together. And who is Radha? Who is this Radha that we are to worship? She is Hari Dayita. Hari Dayita. He's saying Hari Dayita Radha Bajamana. Again, notice how it's easiest to understand the Sanskrit when you start from the end. Oh my mind. Worship her, Tam. Who is Hari Dayita Radha? Who is Radha? The dear most of Hari, or the dear most of Krishna. There's a verse in the Brihad Gautamiya Tantra that says that of all the gopis, Radha and Chandravali are the supreme. And among these two, Radha is the, the, the first. Radha is the very embodiment of Krishna's Ladini Shakti or his his uh, exhilarating uh, pleasure and, and ecstasy giving power. So it's not that she's different from him. She's his energy, he's the energetic. They're both uh, really one, but they have become two, Krishna Das Kaviraj says in the beginning of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, to taste the sweetness of love. He says, uh, one body, one self, one self, 
but they have become like two bodies, one self and two bodies. So from a kind of metaphysical understanding, from a metaphysical level, we can understand that what's spoken about here is the internal play of the absolute. So Lashidhar Maharaj likes to use this kind of language. The play of the absolute, the absolute uh, playing with its own energies, delighting in itself. And as the Upanishads say, ekaki naramati. There's no fun in being alone. So for 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 Ramana, for for happiness, for pleasure, the absolute expands into two. So this is kind of the tattvic, the the siddhantic or the philosophical or abstract way to see all of this. But Raghunath Das Goswami is not interested in the abstract. Raghunath Das Goswami is not interested primarily in the philosophy or in the, the cold words of the Upanishads. He's interested in the Leela, in the divine play, in the divine adventure, in the divine love life of Radha and Krishna. So when he's describing Radha in this verse, he doesn't say that she is the Ladini Shakti, she is uh, this and that metaphysically and so on. He's focusing here on her as a person. And this, of course, is very important for us as Gaudiya Vaishnavas. There is a philosophy behind all of this, what we're doing. Uh, Sripad Padmanam Maharaj, uh, he calls these uh, like this lecture series, Tattva Viveka, or, or the discernment of truths or categories, the philosophical background on which Krishna Leela is painted, or something like this. So it's very important. But the farther we advance, the less important all this philosophy becomes. It is said about uh, uh, St. Thomas of uh, Aquino, who was, of course, a very influential Catholic theologian uh, of the Middle Ages, um, really the kind of main person of the whole scholastic school, who wrote so, so many learned books that people are still studying today. Right at the end of his life, he had an epiphany in a kind of not very glorious surrounding while sitting on the toilet. He had an epiphany. And he realized that everything that he had written during his whole life was just like straw. It's all completely worthless. From his uh, perspective there, at the end of his life. So Raghunath Das, he would have felt the same. All of this philosophy, when you've actually realized the divine Leela, Radha and Krishna, it's all just like straw. It's like straw for him, not necessarily for us. For us, all of these things may be extremely important. That's why the other Goswamis, of course, wrote philosophy, Jiva Goswami, so a great philosopher, learned in many of the philosophical schools of his day. So it's not that philosophy is not necessary for anybody, but for Raghunath Das, 
as he's revealing his heart in these verses, it's not very important. What's important for him now is person, the personality of Sri Radha. And the first thing he says about her is Hari Daita Radha. She is beloved by Hari. And Daita here means beloved, but it also means, it can also mean Radha, to whom Hari is beloved. So it's not a one-way street. It's not that Krishna loves Radha, she doesn't so much care about him. Or Radha loves Krishna, but he's aloof. Not like that. They're completely uh, controlling each other by their love. And then he gives some more description about Radha in the rest of the verse. Ratim Gauri Lile Apitapati Saundariya Kiranai. By the rays of her beauty, Saundariya Kiranai, the, the, the rays of her beauty. Raghunathas really loves this kind of metaphorical language. Uh, by the rays of her beauty, she burns Rati, Gauri, and Leela. She burns them. What does this mean? Of course, it means that she completely outshines them. What does it mean that Radha is beautiful? Bhaktivinoda Thakur says that in Bhakti, beauty and love is one and the same. When we say that Radha is beautiful, it means that she loves Krishna the most. The more somebody loves Krishna, the more beautiful uh, he or she becomes. We see this among devotees even now. How beautiful those who love Krishna really are. They may be old or young or uh, men or women or something else, but they are so beautiful. Just seeing them, we are like, kind of struck by their beauty, burned by their beauty even. So Radha, with her beauty, she uh, burns Rati, Gauri, and Leela. Who are these three persons? Rati is the wife of the god of love. He has two wives, Rati and uh, Raga, I think. Uh, anyway, Rati, she's the wife of the god of love, and we can imagine how beautiful she must be if the god of love has married her. She's representing uh, the super supreme worldly beauty that you can imagine. Nobody can be more beautiful in this world than Rati. But she's completely eclipsed by Radha's beauty. With Gauri, Gauri is the wife of Shiva. None of the goddesses are as beautiful as Gauri. Raghunath Das says, Radha completely eclipses worldly beauty, but so she does with divine beauty as well. Not even the wife of, of Shiva, Gauri, Parvati, Durga, all these names that she has. And of course, she's extremely beautiful. She's so beautiful that she's even bewildering Shiva, the greatest of all ascetics. But Radha eclipses her as well. Leela, or sometimes known as Neela, 
she is the wife of Vishnu, one of his, his wives. Sri, Bhu and Leela are, are three, three wives of Vishnu. And the concerts of Vishnu, especially in the Pancharatrik tradition of Vaishnavism that, that you'll find particularly in the South India, there sometimes you'll find uh, Sri Murtis of Vishnu accompanied by these three Shaktis, Sri, Bhu and Leela. So Radha eclipses worldly beauty. She eclipses divine beauty. She eclipses even the beauty of Lord Narayana's wife. So even transcendental beauty is eclipsed by her. In which way? How can you measure beauty? Well, you can't really measure it, but you can, can measure love perhaps, in the sense of love being so, uh, Radha's love being so uh, great that Krishna is completely captivated by her. It's not that Krishna doesn't love Shamananda or, or Olav or any, any one of us. Of course he does. But he reciprocates our love. He doesn't force his love on us. If we want to take a break from Krishna and go and, and uh, uh, spend a, a couple or a, or a dozen more lifetimes in this material world, he's not going to grudge us for that. Okay, Brigu, if, if you want to, then go ahead. It's not very smart, but if you really want to, then do it. It's not going to force us. Love is nothing that can be forced. Like Prabhupada gave the example that if somebody points a gun at your head and asks you, do you love me? We're definitely going to say yes, very much, but how much of love will that be? So Krishna doesn't force his love on us. He will reciprocate our love. Radha, her love is the greatest. So he reciprocates with her to the greatest degree. Shachi Lakshmi Satya Paribhavati Saubhagya Valanai with the waves of her fortune, she conquers Shachi, Lakshmi, and Satya. So with the rays of her beauty, she, she burns these three. And with the waves of her fortune, she paribhavati uh, can mean conquer or, or flood or something like this. So she floods Shachi, Lakshmi, and Satya. When we hear as Gauri Vaishnavas the word Shachi, we think of uh, Nimai Pandit's mother. But uh, she gets her name from another Shachi, who is the wife of Indra, who is also known as Indrani sometimes. So the wife of Indra is the queen of heaven. Who can be more fortunate than her? Who can have more bhagya, more opulence. Karen likes this word opulence. Who can have more opulence than the queen of heaven? Well, Lakshmi does. Lakshmi is the very goddess of fortune. She's the goddess of all kinds of, of riches and, and wealth and fortune. Who can be more fortunate than her? Satyabhama can. 
because Lakshmi is the wife of Vishnu, but Satyabhama is Krishna's wife. Satyabhama is uh, uh, the foremost of the 16,108 wives of Krishna in Dvaraka. How can Krishna have 16,108 wives? That's the question that Narada asked himself. He thought, Krishna is supposed to be a really nice person and uh, equal to everyone, but he has 16,108 wives. If he likes Satyabhama a lot, then maybe he spends uh, most of his time with her. So let's say he spends four days a week with Satyabhama. So he leaves three other days for 16,107 wives. It doesn't make up for many seconds for each wife per week. So he went to Dwaraka to check out how Krishna had arranged all of this. And he came to the city of Dwaraka and he saw it was full of palaces. And people said that these are Krishna's palaces. So he went into one and he saw Krishna uh, with one of his wives, let's say with, uh, 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 with uh, Rukmini, and they were playing with their children. And he thought, wow, that's very idyllic uh, family scene. So he, he, he paid his respects and chatted for a while, and then he went into another palace to see what was going on there when Krishna wasn't there. But Krishna was there as well with another wife they were just eating and and relaxing so he went into another palace and he realized after a while that there's 16,108 wives but there's 16,108 krishnas at the same time with these wives at exactly the same time doing different things with all of them nevertheless out of all of these wives uh, it is said that satyabhama is is uh, the supreme through her fortune. Why is Satyabhama the supreme? She's not the first. Rukmini is the first. Satyabhama because uh, she is so fortunate that she can boss Krishna around. With her, Krishna is a, is a, a henpecked husband. She says, I'm so bored with these flowers here in Dvaraka. Can you bring the Parijata flower from heaven? Krishna goes away to heaven and he fights with Indra and he brings down Parijata flowers just because his wife asked him to. So who can be more fortunate than Satyabhama? Radha. Radha is more fortunate than even Satyabhama. It is said that the great poet Jayadeva Goswami the author of the Gita Govinda. Uh, he was writing his, his uh, lyrical poem, the Gita Govinda. And uh, he was thinking that uh, at one point of the drama, when uh, Krishna has done, done something wrong and Radha is upset with him, she's in her mana or, or jealous anger. And then Krishna tries to appease her. And he thinks, how could he do that? And then he thinks he should bow before her and place her foot on his head. 
But immediately when he thought like that, he thought, oh no, <laughs> yeah, maybe some ordinary Casanova could do that. But Krishna is God. God can't take the foot of a woman on his head. That would be scandalous. If I would write that, people would ostracize me from the community of, of the, the learned and poets. You can't write something like that. So he went to take bath and think about all of this. Uh, he told his wife that he's, he's going. He went away. He took bath in the, in the Ganges River and he meditated on this and couldn't really figure out how to, to resolve this, this scene in the text. So he came back and uh, his wife said, oh, I, I thought you came already an hour ago. What do you mean? I've been, been uh, bathing in the Ganges and meditating. But you, you came like an hour, hour ago already. Did you go again? No. But I clearly saw you come in and then you went to your study and, and so he was mystified and he went to see and he, he went into his study and he saw that somebody has been writing in his manuscript, in this Gita Govinda that he's writing. And exactly the scene that he had been visualizing had been written, written there in lyrical poetry. Dehi me pada pallava mudaram. Give me the dust from your lotus feet, and so on. So who can be more fortunate than Radha? Krishna wants uh, the, the dust from her feet on his head. He's subjugating himself completely in front of her. Then Raghunath Das Goswami says, Vashikara is Chandravali Mukhanavina Vrajasati Kshipatyara Dhyatam. She uh, subdues and uh, throws away Kshipatyara. She, she throws away all the virtuous ladies of Raja, all the young virtuous ladies of Raja led by Chandravali. In Vraja, in the pastoral land of Vrindavana, there are so many coward girls. They are led by Chandravali. Uh, Raghunath Das Goswami, interesting, calls them Navina Vraja Sati. Sati means uh, a virtuous lady. Uh, you probably have heard of the custom of, of Sahamarana that uh, the British called, called the custom of Sati, where uh, a woman burns herself on the funeral pyre of her deceased husband. Uh, these kind of women are called Satis. And it, the word, of course, comes originally from uh, Shiva's first wife, Sati who uh, burned herself in uh, anger over Daksha's insult of her husband. So the word sati refers in uh, uh, Sanskrit literature to any very uh, virtuous, very chaste, and very 
pure and holy wife. The kind of wife that uh, in ancient times were called Asurian Pashya, that not even the sun was allowed to look on them. They were so uh, keen to uphold their honor that they didn't allow even the sun to, to see them. They would always, uh, if they traveled around, they would go in a palanquin or under a parasol or something like this. How does this describe the gopis? These are girls running around barefoot uh, in the sand of Rindavan, definitely not hunkered under some parasol or definitely not chaste and, and, uh, and uh, holy women. They're all having extramarital affairs with that black snake, Krishna. All the gopis are married, almost all of them. Radha is married to Abhimanyu, Chandravali is married to Govardhana, Malla. Uh, they're all married, married. Some of them have children. How can they be said to be chaste? They're running around with Krishna in the forest at night. Well, of course, this can be answered in different ways. In the, the Srimad Bhagavatam, Parikshit asks this question of Shukadev. Krishna is supposed to be the very bridge to dharma, the very bridge to virtue and saintliness. But he's dancing in the forest with other people's wives. How is this possible? And Shukadeva Goswami, of course, gives an answer there. But it can be answered in different ways. Uh, our Guru Maharaj sometimes says, when somebody has asked him this, he said, uh, yes, the gopis are married to uh, other men. But who is the husband of those men? Krishna is the husband of everybody because Krishna really, from the met, uh, metaphysical perspective, Krishna is the only male. Krishna is the, the only Purusha. Everybody else is Prakriti in the sense of, of being uh, for Krishna's enjoyment. So it looks like these girls are unchaste and doing something strange, but it's not like that at all. But it looks like that because that's, of course, what brings excitement to the Leela, to the play. Uh, the gopis, they are married to other people, but that's just a show. They don't ever spend the night with their husbands. Their husbands just kind of think it's strange that uh, it never happens, but they can never kind of figure out that it never actually happens, not even once. They just think, oh, something happened this night. Somehow she was, perhaps she had to take care of a, a cow that was sick or something like that. There's always some kind of excuse. But it never happens. But this they can't figure out because it's part of the yoga maya, the, the uh, divine illusion that is, is making the whole uh, leela, the, the whole adventure go around. Uh, 
So out of all of these uh, uh, young women of Raja, Chandravali is the first. She is the one that loves Krishna most. But Radha loves Krishna even more. So she eclipses even Chandravali. Now we're not speaking about the material world. We're not speaking about the world of the gods. We're not speaking about the world of Vishnu. We're not even speaking about the world of Krishna outside of Vrindavan, where Satyabhama is supreme. We're speaking about Krishna in his home, in his, uh, uh, the land that is most dear to his heart, the land of Raja. There Radha reigns supreme. So uh, Raghunathas Kuswami, he uh, says that she is uh, supreme to all these others in these ways. And uh, in the commentaries of uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur and others, they uh, give more descriptions of Sri Radha. Uh, Raghunath uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he, he cites uh, several prayers of, of Raghunath Das Goswami. He wrote uh, not as extensively as the other Goswamis, but nevertheless, he wrote quite a bit, much of it about Radha. He also cites from the Ujjvala Nilamani of Rupa Goswami. And I thought I would, I would read a little bit there just to give you some description of, of Radha. The Ujjvala Nilamani consists of quite a few chapters. In Banu Swami's translation, it's a huge book. But the fourth chapter is a description of Radha. And I'll read some verses from verse six onwards. Uh, it is explained in Gautamiya Tantra that Radha is the essence of the great Shakti called Haladini, the best of all Shaktis. Radha, the very form of the highest beauty, has 16 accoutrements and 12 ornaments. Indian thinkers love categories, of course. And uh, so here we'll hear about 16 uh, Abharanas. And uh, 16 uh, Shringaras and 12 Abharanas, accoutrements and ornaments. So first the 16 accoutrements. Radha. Uh, shines with these 16 accoutrements, freshly bathed body, a pearl shining at the tip of her nose, a colored cloth, a sash around her waist, tied up braid, ear ornaments, anointed limbs, flowers in her hair, garland around her neck, lotus in her hand, beetle nut in her mouth, musk dot on her chin, mascara on her eyes, pattern on her cheeks, black on her feet, and tilaka on her forehead. And then uh, Rupa Goswami, he gives verses uh, describing all of this later. The 12 ornaments. Radha shines like the sun with 12 ornaments. The sun also has 12 parts, the Dvadasha Aditya. So Radha has 12 parts, 12 ornaments. Her shining crown jewel, her two gold earrings, her gold belt, her medallion, her two chakri shalakas, these are kind of ear ornaments. Her two bracelets, her throat ornament, her rings, her necklace, her armbands, her anklets made of jewels, and her dazzling toe rings. 
Uh, and then he says uh, in the next verses, the outstanding qualities of Radha are glorified. She's beautiful, possesses new youth, has fickle glances, has a bright smile, beautiful lines of fortune. These lines of fortune are, are in, in Sanskrit aesthetics. If a woman has three lines on the, on the side of her belly, she's considered to be particularly beautiful. So not too thin, not too big, but just perfect. Um, a fragrance that frenzies Krishna. She's skillful at singing, has a pleasant voice. She's expert at joking. Is humble, compassionate, sly, clever, shy, respects proper conduct. Is patient, inscrutable, coy. Manifests thirst for Krishna with the highest state of Mahabhava. Is the abode of Prima in Gokula. Has lustrous fame. Is the object of great affection from elders. Is controlled by the affection of her friends is the chief of Krishna's beloveds and constantly controls Krishna. What more can be said? Her qualities like Krishna's cannot be counted. Uh, and then all of these things are then, then uh, uh, described in, in descriptive verses, partly from uh, original verses and partly from, from earlier texts. Uh, I also want to read a little bit from uh, uh, something else Rupa Goswami has written. He, he has written a, a poem, a fairly long poem, in uh, his Stavamala, 24 verses, called uh, uh, Chartu Pushpanjali. Chartu means uh, beautiful words, and Pushpanjali means uh, uh, flowers in your cupped hands. Pushpanjali is a, is a ritual where you fill your hands with flowers and offer those flowers as a, as a gift. So these are flower offerings of beautiful words. Navagoro chanagaurim pravarendri varam varam manistavaka vidyoti venu yalangapanam. Oradika, you are fair as fresh gorochana. This is a very bright yellow color and have garments as splendid as a blue lotus. Your braids being decorated with jewels and flowers give the appearance of a serpent's hood. When Rupa Goswami wrote, it, wrote this, that Radha's braid gives the, looks like a, a cobra, his older brother and senior, Sanatana Goswami, he didn't like it. I mentioned this briefly last time. Sanatana Goswami didn't like it because he thought that doesn't sound very nice, that her, her braid looks like a cobra. You can't write like that, Rupa Goswami. Rupa. Write something nice instead. So uh, uh, he thought, yeah, okay, sure. I will think of something else. So that Sanatana Goswami went, went uh, uh, perhaps to do Govardhan Parikrama or something like that. And while walking around Govardhan Hill, he saw some, some girls uh, playing and uh, uh, one of these cowherd girls, just ordinary girls of, of the Vraja area, one of these girls uh, stood with her back against him and they were doing something there. And he noticed that the snake had climbed up on her. A cobra had climbed up on her and was about to bite her. 
So he shouted out, Oh, Lali, Lali, girl, watch out. And she looked around and he realized that's Radha. And she disappeared. So he ran back to Rupa Goswami and said, Stop, 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 stop. Don't take it out. Don't take it out. It's, that's exactly how it should be. Her braid really looks like a cobra. Rupa Goswami goes on, he says, your incomparable face defeats any object of comparison. You have a beautiful forehead decorated with an elegant musk tilaka, which defies the beauty of the new moon. Your eyebrows conquer the beauty of the love god's bow. You have dark bluish curly locks of hair and your eyes decorated with kajala, reign supreme, appearing as two splendid chakori birds. So this poetry, of course, it doesn't open up completely for us. It's a little bit like reading the Song of Songs in, in the Bible. Some of these, these uh, similes don't, don't work for us. Eyes like uh, Chakori birds doesn't really say that much. Uh, but uh, uh, we can think about her eyes decorated, decorated with, with Kajala, uh, big eyes, and of course, we heard in the previous verses that she's expert at sidelong glances, at, at looking at Krishna in a way that is similarly, at the same time, shy, but also coy. Did you notice both of these qualities? She's shy, but she's also coy. She's not like Chandravali. Chandravali is very dear to Krishna, but Chandravali needs to kind of exert herself to make Krishna really love her. She needs to be on her best behavior and to, to kind of make an effort to capture Krishna. And she, he loves her. But Radha doesn't need to do that. Radha just needs to kind of show herself, even looking sulky and angry. And, Radha, and Krishna is immediately captured. Just her sidelong glance for the one millionth of a second and Krishna is melting. The tip of your nose resembles a sesame flower and is decorated with a splendid pearl ring. Your lips defeat the beauty of the flowers that redden at noon and your teeth are like a row of jasmines. You have earrings which resemble a golden whorl of a lotus embedded with jewels. Your chin is decorated with a dot of musk and you wear a shining gem studded necklace. So she has a beauty spot. I think this is quite interesting. I always thought that that was something the, the, the French made up, like Marie Antoinette or something like that. But Radha already has a beauty spot made with, with musk. Your divine lotus stem-like arms are decorated with shining armlets and with tinkling bracelets made of jewels and blue sapphires. Your lotus hand has attractive fingers that shine with gem-studded rings. Your beautiful breasts have an attractive necklace that playfully moves around them. Uh, and he goes on like this, and then he, at the end, he, he, he writes, The lake of your heart is filled with a limitless flood of mercy, O Devi, O Goddess. Please be kind to this person who yearns to attain your service. Uh, service to Sri Radha is the, the supreme uh, goal of the Gaudiya Vaishnavas. 
but not all Gaudiya Vaishnavas, but those Gaudiya Vaishnavas who have the mood of, of, uh, of Shringara Rasa or Madhurya Rasa. Uh, and this, of course, is the mood of Raghunath Das Goswami. Tavaivasmi, tavaivasmi, najivami tvayavina, iti vikyaya radhi vam nayamam charanantikam. Maybe you noticed I said that prayer at the beginning. Tavaivasmi, I'm yours. I'm yours. I cannot live without you. Please understand this goddess and take me to your side. This is the, the prayer of, of Vaishnavas, uh, such as Raghunath Das and Rupa Goswam. When will I fan you as you begin to perspire a little at the time when Sri Madhava artistically and carefully decorates you with Madhavi flowers? Oh, beautiful one, when will you order this person to fix your curly locks of hair, now disarrayed due to your amorous pastimes? Oh, Radhika, his lips are like bimba fruits. When will the prince of Rajas snatch away and enjoy the betel nuts as I place them in your lotus mouth? So he's praying here for service, for bhajana, for service in the leela, service of fanning, service of uh, correcting her hair, of giving a betel nut. Very small, kind of simple, insignificant thing. If, if Karen would tell us that she's gotten a, a job as a person who offers betel nuts to some king, we would kind of feel bad for her. That must be the most boring job in the world, that you stand around the king and maybe he eats five betel nuts a day. So five times a day you get to give a betel nut. It must, really must suck. But the smallest, smallest thing in the divine pastimes, of course, is so different just being able to come in contact with the divine couple for a second will flood the practitioner's heart with love. Like Narottam Das sings, Radha Krishna Pranamura Yugala Kishora. Radha Krishna, uh, the divine youthful couple, they are my very life and soul. Kalindira Kule Keli Kadamberaban. Ratana bedira yupar in on a jeweled throne in a kadamba grove by the Yamuna. The youthful couple sits, uh, and then he prays for these kind of small services. Shamagori anga heri chandaniragandha chamaradulabo kobe duhumukachandra. When will I be able to offer sandalwood pulp to you? When will I be able to, to fan you with the chamara fan? When will I be able to string a garland of malati jasmine flowers and offer it uh, around your necks? When will I be able to give a betel nut for you to enjoy. Lalita Bishakaya Dijata Shakti Brinda Agyaya Koribo Shiva Charanarabindo. I want to do seva, I want to serve under the guidance of Lalita and Vishaka and the Sakis. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhur Dashi Ranudash Shiva Yavilasha Kore Narutamadasha.
Narottama Dasha, uh, prays for service at the feet of Sri Krishna Chaitanya uh, and his servant and their servants. So uh, this kind of simple service of giving a uh, betel nut, of, of uh, fanning with the chamara and so on, these are the kind of services that the Godi Vaishnavas long for in their hearts. But we cannot do that, that kind of service unless we first kind of empty ourselves out of uh, the abhiman or the, the self-conception we have right now. Otherwise, we're going to think that what could be more boring than standing there with a whisk? Your hand is going to get really tired. I don't want to serve. I would really like somebody else to fan me with a chamara or offer me some betel nut or decorate my uh, neck with a flower garland. So as long as we have all these things, and this of course is what Raghunath does has been exhorting his mind to get rid of throughout the, the Mana Shiksha now getting here to the 10th verse. As long as all these things uh, remain in our hearts, this kind of service uh, will be very far away for, from us. But sometimes it's good to hear about it, to kind of create this kind of longing. When will that day be mine? When I will be able to forget about being uh, an academic or a Swede or a Finn or a man or a woman or anything like this in this world and just completely surrender myself at the feet of the divine couple. So here in this verse, Raghunath Das, he takes us all the way to this kind of service of Radha. Uh, and in the next verse, he will uh, continue on on this theme. So we're getting close to the end of, of the text. Any questions or comments on today's talk? And again, of course, you can you can uh, uh, put comments and, and questions on the uh, on the Tatva Viveka Facebook page as well. Uh, that's actually what uh, uh, Guru Maharaj has has uh, suggested that we do to get more discussion going there. And also. One thing I forgot to say, at least here in, in, uh, in Finland and in the Nordic countries, maybe it's different uh, uh, somewhere else in the world. Here we're celebrating Kamadai Ekadashi today, the Ekadashi of the, the, the bright fortnight of the month of, of Chaitra. Kamada means uh, uh, enjoyment uh, giving. And who gives more enjoyment to Krishna than Radha? I thought this was a, a nice uh, coincidence that it's that day today. So thank you uh, for your attendance today. Uh, please forgive me if I said something that I'm, I, I shouldn't have said or if I, I kind of ventured in where, where angels fear to tread. But I, I tried to 
to, to speak about the topic that Raghunath Das shares with us here today. Jai Shishi Guru Gauranga Gandharu Kagiri Rari Shishi Radha Madan Mohan Radha Gubinda Radha Gubinatha Radha Damara Radha Shama Sundara Radha Ramana Radha Gokulandara Radha Madha Vada Ujjikopal Nithai Gaur Shishara Bhuj Giri Raja Ki Jai Jai Yom Vishnupad Varanga Supravraja Kacharya Ashtotra Sutta Shishi Madh Bhakti Vedanta Tripurari Devo Swama Rajla Guru Dev Ki Jai Jai Nithila Pravishna Vishnupad Abhaya Charanaram in the Bhakti Vranta Swami Maharaj La Prabhupada Ki Jai Jani Tili Pravishna Vishnupad Bhakti Jai Gaur Kishordas Babaji Maharaj Ki Jai Jai Shachidana Namoita Kur Bhakti Vinod Ki Jai Jai Vaishnava Sarva Bhomashlatakanathas Babaji Maharaj Ki Jai Jai Gauri Vranta Charish Labarali Bidibushan Prabhu Ki Jai Jai Bishna Chakra Kurki Jai Jai Shiva Shamanana Narottam Prabhutraki Jai Jai Krishna Das Kavaraj Goswamarajki Jai Jai Vyasavata Shivrindavan Dasta Kurmashaiki Jai Jai Shirupa Sanatana Bhattaraganata Shi Jiva Gopala Bhatta Das Raghunachar Goswam Prabhuki Jai Jai Namacharishla Haradasa Kurki Jai Jai Rai Ramananda Arikavar Pashavindaki Jai Jai Primsa Gosha Krishna Taitanya Pravinityananda Shri Advaita Gadadara Shivasa Rishi Gaur Bhaktarinda Ki Jai Jai Shantarvip Mayapur Simantarvip Madhyadvip Poladvip Rittudvip Chandudvip Madhyadvip Modra Dumadvip Ruddadvip Atmagodrumadvip Navadvip Dham Ki Jai Jai Shishi Radha Krishna Gopakupakogu Vardhan Advadashvanadmaka Shivrindavan Dham Ki Jai Jai Dvadashupavan Ki Jai Jai Shamukunda Radha Kunda Ganga Yamana Tulsi Bhakti Ki Jai Jai Purushottam Dam Ki Jai Shi Jagannath Balavev Subhadra Sudarshana Ki Jai Jai Bhakti Vignamanarshana Karishinya Shingadeva Bhagavan Ki Jai Jai Bhakti Varabara Pralad Maharaj Ki Jai Char Vaishnava Sambradai Ki Jai Char Vaishnava Chari Ki Jai Char Dam Ki Jai Char Veda Ki Jai Grandraj Shimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai Shri Kamadai Kadashi Ki Jai Akaramataraj Shri Chaitanya Matki Jai Tadiya Shakhamata Sumaki Jai Shri Chaitanya Sangaki Jai Anandukadi Vaishnavarinda Ki Jai Bhuvan Mangalharinam Sankirtan Ki Jai Shri Gauravanath Das Koshamir Manashiksha Ki Jai Anandukadi Vaishnavarinda Ki Jai Samagata Gaur Bhaktarinda Ki Jai Gaur Premanande Hari Hari Gaur Right. <laughs> so see you for the other classes, the upcoming days, and then uh, next week for the last part of the Manashiksha series. Haribo, Hare Krishna.